You're listening to the Tenuto Podcast presented by 4th Street Records. I'm your host, Kevin Lynch, and here we go. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Tenuto Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Lynch, taking you on a journey through my teaching career and interviewing new teachers every week. Um, We interview the best in the business, and this week is no short of that. Um, We don't have a teacher on this week, but we have a grad school student. Her name's Katie Procell, and she goes to the Peabody Conservatory. She's studying vocal performance, um, which is really, really cool. And you'll get to hear about her experiences down at Johns Hopkins Peabody Conservatory of Music a little bit later. But in my life, I just want to give a couple updates. So marching band season has officially ended. We are done with competitions. We are only have playoff football games left, but we, we finished our last exhibition was on Monday. That's why this episode is coming out a little bit later, Tuesday night. And uh, I wanted to give you guys some of my takeaways from the season. It was a lot of time, a lot of weekends given up. And at first, it was, it was really tough. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, but... As it went on, I started developing relationships with the kids, and me and the director got to be pretty close, and all of a sudden, I didn't mind being there until midnight on a Saturday night when all my friends were out having a good time. You know, I I actually started to really enjoy being in the band room constantly. I was there more than I was at home, and... It had a really positive impact on my life. I I really, really enjoyed the level of music that we were able to make. Um, So thinking back to band camp, it was really tough because it was just all day, every day. But I remember my first week of teaching middle schoolers after band camp. I was just like, man, I really miss that high school sound. And it, it, it took me a while to get back into the swing of things at middle school because I really, really just enjoyed the sound of the music at the high school a little bit more because it was more mature and it was more musical than what I'm hearing every day in middle school. And that, that still holds true. I mean, that's been one of the hardest things for me is going between the high school and the middle school and hearing what those high schoolers do and, and then going to middle school. Um, so that's one thing that, that's been interesting for me to see is just the music is just at such a higher level at high school Um, and then obviously the kids you can definitely develop really really strong relationships with the kids I had a great time working with the band um, and absolutely thankful for the opportunity to be an assistant director with uh, with such a successful band so that was really cool now Let's go on to Katie Procell. Katie is a grad student at the Peabody Conservatory of Music, uh, which is affiliated with Johns Hopkins University. Really, really interesting interview here. She talks a lot about her grad school days and, and what she's doing to prepare for her next chapter in her life. So right now, let's kick it out to Katie Procell.
All right, we have Katie Purcell on the show today from the Peabody Conservatory of Music at Johns Hopkins University. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. No problem. So my first question to you is, can you tell me a little bit about this, the story of why you chose the Peabody Conservatory of Music? How did you get to where you are right now? Yeah, okay, it's actually a pretty, I think it's a kind of interesting story. Um, it actually started about three years ago. Um, my undergrad professor at James Madison University, where I did my undergrad, my undergrad professor, Kevin McMillan, awesome guy, um, he said to me, hey, so in the spring, my friend Phyllis Brynjolfsson, a teacher at Peabody, is going to be coming to JMU to do a master class, and you need to work with her because you're going to go there for grad school. And I was just at the first time doing my first opera, and I was like, what hold on I'm just trying to like get through this week and I remember I was like there's no way that like that'll uh, but then I ended up working with Phyllis Brynjolfsson and she presented a lot of things about music to me in a way that I hadn't thought of before in terms of like gesture and style that were just so organic and real that I was like oh wow it's interesting and I had a couple lessons with her and then when I was applying to schools um, I was like, you know, Phyllis is a good teacher, and I think I'm going to go with the best teacher for me, because that's really the most important thing when it comes to choosing a grad school. Yeah. So that's why I'm there. Cool. Mm -hmm. So you did your undergrad at JMU, mm -hmm. right? Go Dukes. <laughs> and you were a, um, a, a vocal performance major, yes, right? Yes, I was. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about your thought process of um, you graduated and you, you probably had the decision to go to grad school or to go and try to get a job. I mean, what was the thought process like? Well, you know, as a singer, like most young artist programs that young singers would, um, sing in, most of them don't actually listen to you unless you have a master's degree. Okay. So it was kind of a, you kind of need this. And mm -hmm. my sister always says to me, she's a stage manager. She says to me, maybe you don't need this. And I'm like, no, like some places won't listen to me. Right. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So sort of a, I don't want to say that it's my only choice, but it, it makes a lot of sense. Sure. And plus I knew there was still a lot that I had to learn. I knew coming out of James Madison, I was like, I learned a lot, but there's still so much that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And at least now, like as I'm leaving, I have a better idea of the things that I don't know and how to get started and branch out from there. Yeah. I've never done learning, but you can get close to finding out how you can be done. <laughs> right. Sure. So you're at you're at your master's school now and you have what like another semester left. Mm -hmm. Um and then you're going to go and you're going to try to get a job. I mean, what what is the future like for you? What are you expecting from the future? Well, the future the future is pretty ambiguous right now. Currently, I'm in the middle of the young artist program audition season. Um, I had an audition for Wolf Trap and I have a few auditions coming up um, for like Tanglewood Music Festival and some other young artist programs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm trying to apply here in the United States and also a little bit abroad because um, the scene for avant-garde and new music is really, really, is really thriving in Europe. and. I figured I was like, I might apply a little bit there, apply some here, and yeah. whatever happens is whatever happens. I'll relocate if I have to relocate, but you know. Does that scare you to, to go to 
overseas. Oh, yes, it does. But, I mean, <laughs> if that's what I have to do, it's what I have to do, you know. Yeah. I'm going to go where there's work, wherever that sure. is. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, so, talk to me a little bit about what the grad school process has been like. Maybe could you compare and contrast it to undergrad? I mean, is it similar? Well, in... You know, for me, it was totally different experience. Um, I definitely feel like, I feel like my undergrad experience was like two different school experiences. I felt like the first two years of my undergrad were like, oh, okay, this is fine. This is normal. And then when I got back from the summer after my sophomore year, going into my junior year and senior year, those just, those two years were so different. And I felt like they really prepared me for grad school in that time I like led some student performing organizations and I like started teaching and did a little bit of music directing and directing and I realized like oh like this is what it is to like be a leader a little bit Mm -hmm. and so through that that made the grad school application process like oh okay like you want to go places where you can I was thinking to myself I want to go a place where I can really you know use the skills that I have at my disposal that aren't just singing and mm-hmm. when I've been at Peabody I feel like I've had the opportunity to sort of start my own projects which is not which is has was really difficult at JMU um mainly because I didn't know a lot but it's become a lot easier in Baltimore to to network I've done some gigs um at Andy Music Live which is a really great venue on Charles Street in Baltimore really really close to the school and uh henry wong there has been really awesome with helping me get set up and and i've got a couple gigs actually coming up there i've done a couple and um and it's just been really great to build things from the ground up and i learned that at jmu and now i can really apply that at peabody in the the real world too yeah sure so um you you've already got a year under your belt right what has been one of the most successful or important parts of grad school? Like, what has been one of your favorite points of grad school so far? Hmm. I would say I was very lucky this past year to get to perform the role of Susanna in Marriage of Figaro. Mm, um, because, nice. as apparently according to current opera roles right now, it is the largest role that exists right now <laughs> if they write something larger i'll be like okay I'll <laughs> but um it the my experience in that process was really oh wow that experience really taught me what it meant to honor my colleagues uh-huh. and show respect for them in a way that was like okay like everyone brings to the table different skills and you know you have to be willing to cooperate with people and i learned so much about cooperating with people through this and also, like, I got to work with some really great directors, and, you know, also, it was just such a fun show, you're running around the whole time, even though you're so tired, you're like, well, I'm singing music, so this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I think another project that I did this past year, and a little bit this year as well, um, was I, I learned Harawi by Messian, and I did it in recital twice, and it was just such a process, because I never... I learned some avant-garde music, but I never learned his. And so, like, working with additive rhythms and, like, working with a pianist whose part is incredibly more difficult than your own, you know, and it's, like, such a collaborative effort. That was such a wonderful experience. And the pianist I work with, Minju, is top-notch. She's amazing. And 
those were just some really good experiences I had with really, really connecting with people on a deep level and, and learning myself, too. Yeah. So would you say that you have, like, a specialty in the vocal performance area? I mean, would it be opera? Well, I I love opera, but I also love chamber music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't done a ton of oratorio, but I'm, you know, doing more and more of it, and I'm enjoying that as well. Um, but I feel like a lot of jobs for younger performers lie in opera, and that's, like, a good way to, like, get noticed and get stuff on your resume. But, you know, I'd be happy to do anything, you know. There are plenty of uh, chamber projects that I'd be very happy to do, and art song as well. I did a program in Los Angeles this summer that was all based in art song. It was a really great experience. Mm-hmm. So any type of thing, I don't want to pigeonhole myself. Right, sure. Um, and while you're at grad school, you're probably taking private lessons, right? Yes, I Once am. Week. Yes, with Phyllis Spring-Nielsen. How much of that did that come into play when you were trying to choose a school oh, that was to like, go to? That was my number one priority. Okay. I wanted to have a professor who would like really be able to pinpoint the things that I needed to do. And sure. not just as a not just like as a singer like with my instrument, but like in my career. And Phyllis has been so helpful in picking repertoire. That's mm-hmm. been really great. She's because she did a lot of work with like Boulez and Messian and Ned Roram. Um, who else? But she she worked with them, and so she really has a good understanding of repertoire that has kind of been a little bit varied. And so she's like, okay, well, like I did this, or I know somebody who did this, so you go ahead and do it. And she just has so many good recommendations, and there have been so many things that I didn't realize I needed to fix in terms of technique yeah. that she brought to light, and I was like, oh my goodness, that makes everything a lot easier. She's been really really great. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So just talking to you, it seems like you just have this passion for for singing and like I feel like I could talk to you about this forever. Like <laughs> I we so you're here, you're visiting where I live. You're um my friend Carly Sokol who was on the podcast earlier. Um you're her friend. You came up this weekend and I mean, I was just blown away by your passion for music. Would you say that the the other people at Peabody share the same passion as you? Um, I feel like, you know, a lot of people, yes. Um, you know, not, you know, there are always some people at some schools that are, are figuring things out. And sure. And I feel like Peabody really does help you figure out what you can really do. Yeah. And I've yeah. seen a lot of people, you know, come through a process, be like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Mm-hmm. So people, people are getting inspired. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. So where does your biggest inspiration come from? That's, that's a really tough question. Um, I'm inspired by, I, I'm inspired by my feelings. Um, I'm a very emotional person. (laughs) Um, and I sing because I feel things and there are things that exist in the world that, you know, that create desires in me to, oh, this is why I have to do this. You know, we have emotional reactions to a piece of music and it makes me say, wow, I want to do that. But you know, sometimes an event may occur that's not even related to you. Something you may hear about on the news that just kind of sparks an interest in you. Like, huh, I wonder why, I wonder why this is happening. And it really gets you to think. And you can put that, that energy and inspiration into your work. And my feelings drive pretty much a lot of what I do. And that, um, and those feelings operate on 
my my decisions for making art. So probably myself, if that doesn't sound yeah, cliche. No. Yeah, I got you. Cool. Um, I ask this question to almost everybody that comes on the show, but I'm going to ask it to you in a different way since I, I typically, I mean, I haven't really interviewed anyone in grad school. I guess I, I've had this segment with a marching band assistant who's been coming on every week and telling me about his experiences, and that's been really cool. But I want to know, what would you say to yourself as a freshman in undergrad? What kind of advice would you give yourself hmm. if you knew what you know now? I would tell myself, practice smart. Don't just run things to run them. And mm. be patient. It's something I still have to tell myself all the time. Be patient. If something technical doesn't come right away, it's going to be okay. Yeah. But also, never forget why you do this. I, I would lose sight sometimes, and I need to make sure that I never lose sight. Because those are, those are dark and scary paths, and we just have sure. to remember, this is something that we do that, that helps people and makes us happy. So, why do you do this? It helps people. It makes, it makes people <laughs> happy. You know, I'm inspired by things. When I was a kid, I'd just always be singing all the time, and, you know, it, I just always knew that I wanted... I always knew that I wanted to sing. Um, I actually, when I auditioned at James Madison for undergrad, I auditioned for the musical theater program as well. Because at that point in my life, I was like, oh, I want to do musicals. And, you know, that ended up not being where where my path took me. But I'm fine with that. I'm still making music. And as long as I keep those those feelings there and I can remember why I do this, I'll be all set to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up the interview um we do this segment with every guest on the show it's called rapid fire so i'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions and i just want you to say the first thing that pops into your head okay all right you ready to go i think so okay let's say you're on a desert island what's one song that you could listen to over and over until you were saved one song I could listen to over and over until I was saved. Let's say it takes a year to it save you. Takes a year, okay. A song I could listen to on repeat for. A I mean, year. we're thinking first thing that pops into your head. Okay. Well, oh, oh my gosh, I just have so many thoughts. Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> rapid. It's supposed to be rapid. Um. Oh my goodness, I'm I'm very very failing at the rapid part of this. Okay, one song for a year. Oh my goodness. Ah! Oh my goodness. I can't think of something. Oh my gosh. Ah. Oh well. Uh, Deflator Mouse Overture. It's got a lot of good jams in it. Okay. It's like five songs in one song. Hey man, hey man that's not an easy question. <laughs> yes. Okay. I love it. Um, are you a coffee drinker or a tea drinker? Tea. Okay. Tea drinker. Um, I played lacrosse in high school. I'm curious, how many lacrosse games have you been to at Johns Hopkins University? Zero. Zero. Yes. Are you serious? Yes. Like, I I honestly, like, Blue Jays, like, are the Hopkins, like, mascot, but, like, I've uh -huh. never heard anybody at Peabody talk about it. And plus, like, you know, like, even the people at Hopkins, like, it's like, Hopkins is, like, medicine. So, like, I, not uh -huh. to say that those people wouldn't care about sports, but it seems unlikely. Sure. <laughs> the amount of school spirit for lacrosse. Uh -huh. No offense, Matt. Whatever. Um, would you rather go... For a boat ride or for a hike? Hike. I get a little bit seasick on boats. Mmm. Interesting. What's been your favorite hike of all time? 
You pick up all time. Oh my goodness, that's tough. Um, all time. All time. Um, really? I, I want to say um, up to Jenny Lake in a Grand Teton National Park with Megan. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, we used to do these like road trips. We would do a lot of hiking. So I was like, where's one? But that one was really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Katie Purcell, thank you for coming on the Tenuto podcast. I think that was pretty awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, and thanks again to Katie for coming out and doing that interview. That was a blast, and I hope you guys got something from that. I know I certainly did. Before we leave, I'm going to play a game with you called Is It a Middle Schooler or Is It a High Schooler? And I'm going to just ask a question, and in your head, I want you thinking, did a middle schooler ask me this question or did a high schooler ask me this question? Here we go. Mr. Lynch, why do you look like an 8th grader? You guessed it. That was a middle school question. Alright, here's question number two. Mr. Lynch, why do bad things happen to good people? And why do good things happen to bad people? And why is the world so unfair? You guessed it again. That was a high school question. Very different levels of thinking between these two places. And it was very, very interesting to hear the thoughts that were going on in the high school's brains. Because I, I mean, throughout my student teaching and throughout my professional teaching career, I've never worked with high schoolers. And the, the level of thinking that goes on in their heads was so beyond anything that I've heard from students that they really made me think and they really caught me off guard with a, with a lot of the questions that they have. Um, and that, I think, was the ultimate takeaway from, from this experience was that, you know, there's so much going on in their, in their heads. And I know that there's so much going on in my middle schoolers' heads as well, especially those eighth graders. Um, and... I think our goal is to not stomp on any creativity or anything that's going on and instead we need to encourage it as teachers. So I'm going to leave you with that and I hope you have an excellent Tuesday. Thanks for listening.